0: I'm Jane, and welcome to the Kid Podcast, aka Jane is cooler than Dave. I'm joined by my co-host Dave. Hello. This week we'll talk about infinity cubes, heart rhythms, and Hamilton, and much more.
1: Okay, Jane, let's get into it. Do you want to tell our audience about infinity cubes?
0: So yeah, the infinity cube can—it's kind of a complex concept. To it, it's based on Zeno's paradox which if anybody does not know a paradox is some something that seems like it's not real but it is so zeno's paradox says you can only find infinite things in something you can measure like say for example take a piece of paper and say that we invented a new type of measurement and it couldn't be measurable you see there could be infinite numbers depending on how small it is there could be infinite numbers of this Measurement inside of this one paper. So you can only find infinite things and finite things, which is something you can measure.
1: And what's a finite thing?
0: Something you can mm. measure.
1: So if I had a number 1 mm-hmm. and you had a number 100, what would be in between those?
0: Two zeros. Or 90.
1: What about on a number line?
0: on a number line it'd be a lot of spaces
1: so let's make it bigger if I started at one end of the galaxy mm-hmm. and you were on the other end of the galaxy mm-hmm. how would we measure the time and space between us
0: by using maybe rulers but that take a long long time because space is technically infinite so there's technical, and space would keep moving us in different directions so technically there's no actual way We could do that, technically speaking.
1: And do some scientists get mad when that happens?
0: Yep, like they get mad because, well, if we can't grasp the concept of infinity really well, then why are we spending so much time studying it? And funny joke that I thought was, it's irrationally mad. Mm
1: -hmm. Very good. So tell us about your science fair project.
0: So my science fair project was the infinity cube. Did a whole PowerPoint presentation, about five minutes, I'd say. And it's this little cube, we can't actually show you because it's a podcast, but it has um, a keychain light, but it, it sees like a bunch of an infinite lights in the one cube, but really we only use one light. How is that possible?
1: So if you hold it up to the light, you're going to see just an endless string of lights, right?
0: Right. Maybe not endless because you can somehow see the end of it, but it still is infinite.
1: And so how does that work?
0: It works because we have a bunch of mirrors around the box that are connected, and there's a keychain light attached to it, and this is kind of scientific here, but there's photons from that light, let's just call them light particles, and they love to bounce off of anything smooth and shiny, like our mirrors. So they'll keep bouncing off of them infinitely because there's many, 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 many photons. So we see an image of infinite lights, but actually we only used one light to make it.
1: Very cool. Do you want to talk about some heart rhythms? What did we learn about today?
0: So heart rhythms can be good, bad, fast, slow. They can basically come in all different types.
1: Let's review. How does the heart work? Do you remember that?
0: So let's kind of confusing about the heart is when they say the right atrium they're not talking about the right side of the heart they're talking mm-hmm. about the left mm-hmm. when they say left they're talking about the right
1: so everything's flipped right so we get blood into the heart right right and then where does that blood go first
0: goes through a few valves and then it gets squeezed comes so through a few more valves back it, out into the lungs
1: so it gets squeezed from the atrium right yep. Goes through a valve, and then where does it end up?
0: Then it ends up in the aorta.
1: In the ventricle. The ventricle. And what's the ventricle do?
0: The ventricle pushes it Mm -hmm. out into the aorta, I'm pretty sure.
1: Well, before the aorta, that blood needs oxygen. Oh, right. It
0: It goes to the lungs first. That's right. And then after that, it comes to those other two tubes. I forget what they are called. But then it comes back up out into the aorta, which pumps it to the rest of your body.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And why is that important?
0: Because every part of our body needs blood, especially our brain. Mm-hmm. Because if our brain loses conscious, which is what happens without blood, we're technically dead. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have your brain, your heart won't pump, which means your lungs won't breathe, and then technically you're dead.
1: So not a good situation, right? No, not at all. <laughs> so what happens in, do you remember, atrial fibrillation? What happens to your... Atrium. Remember the word quivers? It kinda Mm Mhm.
0: I I can't really describe it. Hard
1: to just hard to describe on a podcast.
0: Yeah. Like I'm doing it right now, but you can't see it.
1: So how we learned about the difference between electricians and plumbers.
0: And And the old joke is if you're going to the heart place, you need the electrician or the plumber. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. So what's the difference with your heart?
0: So your heart does two different jobs. One is it kind of plums it, and the other it electrics it. And there can be problems with both of them. But if you don't find which one mm, that you need to fix, and you fix the wrong one, it's already good, then nothing will work. Because if you give a plumber a light bulb and say, put it back up, they're not going to know how. Mm -hmm. But if you give an electric electric Electrician. Electrician. A... If you give them um, a plumbing their plumbing job they can't do it
1: hmm so what part of your heart and your body is plumbing
0: your heart is plumbing
1: so you don't have water what do you have Blood. Blood. so that blood has to go places now what happens if that blood gets stopped up somewhere or what happens if that blood is too thick too sugary
0: it can lead to bad health problems
1: We saw our uh, musical last week, and your first musical in person. Remember what you saw? Hamilton. And what would you think?
0: I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't the original version, so it it was kind of different. But I think that was really good for just, like, some, like, almost... Kind of adults doing that.
1: So most people have heard of Hamilton, but there, are, of course there are some people who have not heard of Hamilton. So if you had to describe the play, uh, let's say in less than 20 or 30 words, how would you describe it?
0: So Hamilton is a Broadway play by Lemonwell Miranda. And he made it to where it's this historical musical with rhythm, music, stuff like that. And it also has historical work to it. Like, it's actually in real history. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's really good.
1: And in real history, what did Alexander Hamilton do?
0: He made the financial bank. Like, they had a bunch of things where it wasn't really actually bad. Like, good at all.
1: So he was the first secretary of the, do you remember? Treasury. Treasury, that's right.
0: Thomas Jefferson was secretary of state.
1: Mm-hmm. So Hamilton is considered one of the founding fathers of the country.
0: But he was, in the 1900s, he was one of the less-known founding fathers. Mm -hmm. For some reasons, maybe because he wasn't president, Mm -hmm. or maybe just because people didn't like him that much back in that era.
1: So he was definitely overlooked because, as you said, he wasn't president, he wasn't as famous. Um, Of course, this musical has made him a lot more well-known.
0: Yeah, like, he's one of the, like, most well-known and appreciated founding fathers still to this day. Mm -hmm. And another thing, speaking of Lin-Manuel Miranda, was he made a bunch of other Broadway plays, but the only thing that went really successful when he made it was Hamilton, the Mm -hmm. Broadway play. But he did make some other movies which are musicals, some some are musicals, some are just stories with music, but they're really good. You should go check them out.
1: So what was your favorite part of Hamilton?
0: I think my favorite parts were probably the cabinet meetings.
1: Oh, those are fun, yeah.
0: I know, they were really funny.
1: So how would you describe that to the audience? They don't have meetings, what do they do?
0: Like, they're just, like, talking. Like, there's George Washington, and, like, Hamilton and Jefferson, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. are having, like, with...
1: It's a rap battle.
0: Yeah, it's like a rap battle, technically, but it's over real history. One of the funniest parts or what I think, some people might not get it. I mean, I think it's kind of funny. Um, like, you sure you want to ask him that? He's just going to say, um, do whatever you want, I'm super dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny.
1: So do you think politicians today should have rap battles? No. No?
0: I, it was just for entertainment. But it actually does have some good to it But there's two rap battles Mm -hmm. The one that I thought was really funny Was the second rap battle
1: Mm -hmm. What was your favorite song?
0: I think my favorite song was probably the
1: uh, First song Oh, the very first, yeah
0: And then I guess my second favorite Would probably be uh, What was that? The mm, I forget it (laughs) King
1: George? No, not that That was my favorite Yorktown. Oh, Battle of Yorktown. Yeah, that's really good. Or The
0: World Turns Upside Down. Mm -hmm. Whichever
1: one. I think they were all good. I thought they did a really, really good job. Yeah, that,
0: like, the first song, like, believe it or not, took them one year.
1: Oh, yeah, it took a long time to write that. So, in addition to Hamilton, you also saw another masterwork of arts and culture. You saw your first spaghetti western from 1968. The Mercenary. The Mercenary.
0: Not very many seven-year-olds like myself can say that.
1: (laughs) I think you might be the only seven-year-old who can say that.
0: I don't know. but Maybe there are a few. Like, the world's pretty big. I would
1: would love to meet those other (laughs) seven-year-olds who have seen The Mercenary. So, Uh, tell us about The Mercenary.
0: It's one of those rare westerns that's actually, like, funny. Like, the real funny part of it is, like, there's some scenes that are kind of funny, too. Like, it... I wouldn't recommend watching it at younger than seven or something. No, like, no. Like, not even at seven, a normal kid.
1: So, first of all, what is the spaghetti western? Where do those come from?
0: Um, if I'm saying this right, correct me if I'm wrong, Italy. Mm-hmm. And um, they made these westerns, and the mercenaries, one of the West's violent ones, like, you actually don't see anybody getting shot.
1: No, or no.
0: Or getting hurt or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some things that are kind of scary, though, for some younger audiences. Mm-hmm. So if you're, like, younger than the age, or maybe even, like, 9 or 10, do not watch any
1: of that. So you would need parental guidance at that point.
0: Yeah, maybe even PG-13. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Depending tell... on how, if you don't get scared. Sure. At, sure. Like, uh, in your
1: teens. So tell the audience, uh, what is the story of the mercenary? What happens?
0: So the story of the mercenary, I think it's a really... Fun and funny movie, but um, what well, the story is there's this um, quote unquote revolutionary hero mm-hmm. Paco. Paco, and um, he's it starts in the Mexican Revolution, but the very beginning is very rough.
1: Mm-hmm. But, so Paco is a miner, right? And then he finds himself as a revolutionary.
0: But technically, he doesn't actually turn out to be one. Six mm. months later...
1: He becomes a... Clown. Clown. So... The whole point of the story is he goes from revolutionary hero to clown in the span of six months. And then there's another character who's trying to take advantage of the revolution. Who is? Who is the... Mercenary.
0: mercenary. Otherwise known as... Uh, Sergey. Sergey. That's right. I was testing you. I
1: know. What was your favorite part of the movie? That.
0: And then I kind of like that one thing. It's kind of funny. It's like right after he lets Paco win the battle thing. Mm-hmm. Then like he's just right off to get the, the mercenary paid. To
1: get the reward. Yeah. So what would you think about the music in The Mercenary?
0: It's really cool. It's kind of like they start playing one part of the song, then they stop it. Like the whole mercenary, La Arena is mm-hmm. the most played song in The Mercenary. Technically, there's a little bit of parts of it, mm-hmm. but
1: really, they actually don't work out. So, what's really cool is they build the song up little by little by little throughout the movie, and then at the very end, in the standoff scene, they play the whole thing. Do you remember the name of the composer? Mm, I forgot. Ennio Morricone. How did I forget that? <laughs> and he's done probably hundreds and hundreds of movie soundtracks. All right, so you had the Hamilton and the Mercenary. How many stars would you give for each one
0: I'd give the mercenary at least four stars.
1: Nice. What about Hamilton? Hamilton five. Uh, Hamilton was really good.
0: Uh, it's kind of violent though. Like it has a lot of shooting in it. Hamilton? No. Oh, the mercenary. The mercenary, not yeah. Hamilton dad. That's right. The Hamilton only has one shooting thing, but you actually don't see the blood. Oh, right? the
1: duel. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, there's two duels, but you don't see anything.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot there's a second duel.
0: Yeah. Oh no, there was three duels. One was with Alexander's kid, then the other one was with Alexander and Aaron. And, Aaron Burr. Burr. and then the other one was Alexander Amber on the same side, fighting um you probably don't remember it, but it was fighting the general who was really Oh,
1: uh Charles Lee? Yeah. Yeah, that's right.
0: He really was not a good general.
1: He was not a good general. Last podcast, you promised the listeners some more information about ancient Greece. What you got?
0: So I got some little bit of fast facts about Greece. Number one, what's the population? Answer is about 10.5 million people lived in Greece. I don't know exact in 2023. There's one for 2022. That's 2022. Okay, so that's
1: uh, today. There's 10.5 million people. No, in 2022. Oh, okay. Last year. Okay.
0: I, I couldn't find anything with 2023. The cap, what's the capital? The capital is Athens with 3.1 million inhabitants. Mm -hmm. And then the name is the Hellenic Republic, locally also referred to as Elis or Elida. Then the, what's the government? The government is the Parliamentary Republic if I'm saying it right and then there is the national language which is greek what's their religion mainly greek orthodox 80 percent when i say mainly that's 80 percent their literacy is 97 percent of the greek population aged 15 and over can read and write then the what's their money currency that is um one euro is a hundred cents before 2001 and then greece facts, and that's greece facts for kids okay
1: yeah. and so that's uh ancient greece i'm sorry that's not ancient greece that is uh today's nice. greece modern greece uh as of 2022
0: right which is just a year after before we recorded and made this podcast mm-hmm. when this episode came out
1: so the capital is athens and you remember who is the Athena. famous there you go He answered my question
0: <laughs> Right before you even can ask it. I know.
1: All right. Anything else you want to leave for our listeners this week?
0: Um, No.
1: So we'll go ahead and find uh, Jane's Infinity Cube uh, PowerPoint. We'll put that up under the links page. Uh, you've been working on some new Scratch projects.
0: Yep. I finally finished my passion project. That's right. Really. Took me about a four days <laughs>
1: so do you want to tell us about the passion project real quick
0: so the passion project is based on the hero's journey
1: mm-hmm. what's the hero's journey for people who are aware of that?
0: Um, the hero's journey is um, a type of story base where it goes from it's kind of like a plot mountain basically mm-hmm. it goes from part one part two part three part four part five part six part seven part eight part nine mm-hmm. what i'm saying is there a part i think there's part eight isn't it
1: oh there's dozens and dozens
0: there's a lot but mine only comes in eight parts and it will be in a studio called passion project 2023 okay so you can play those projects just make sure you bless that click on the project and press the green flag on your top right or whatever top left whichever one it is
1: so your passion project your main character went through the hero's journey right um, but they also went through some different games
0: Yep, that you can actually play yourself.
1: Exactly, and those then you coded all of those games, right? Yes,
0: there's a Pong game, which is actually pretty simple coding. Mm-hmm. Then there is a...
1: Platformer.
0: Platformer, and then another one is the Make a Trail. I need to figure out how to make it stop changing your character's color, and maybe you don't want that.
1: And also, do you have a new YouTube video?
0: Um, I think we have a few new ones. Yeah,
1: so we'll put the YouTube link up and anything else you want to talk about yeah. all right so we'll see you next week